to me, it felt like 101% running down that last 100-meter stretch, even though he said that the mile wasn't the challenge. To me, it, and it was, because I just haven't been there in so long. So, you know, me, you know mentally for me, I, I thought that was the bigger challenge than the squat. I was just far more confident in the squat. What's up, guys? It's uh, Tom from Shocking Fitness. Really excited to have Adam Klink on the Shocking Fitness podcast this week. Um, we reflect on the comments made by Chris, who spent over an hour on a previous episode digging into the amazing showcase that Adam's put on in terms of what CrossFit methodology can do. Um, so make sure you check out that episode as well. Please also follow Chalking Fitness on Instagram so you can make sure you never miss an episode, but also kind of get news and reviews that we do on the platform as well. Um, and check out Chalking Fitness on YouTube, where there'll be video versions of the podcast. This one and Chris's uh, episode as well. Enjoy the episode. You know, I really felt after speaking at length with Chris Inshaw about your achievement, who better than the man himself, Adam Clink, to get on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I think um, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to chat to you, and it was like we, we engaged after I'd spoken to, to Chris, was, um, you know, I'd seen, the, I'd seen the kind of the news and, was, and watched your video and was like, Oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. And then to talk with Chris, with his expertise and his passion, he just kind of broke it down and was like, okay, let me tell you how good this is. So I'm sure many people like myself without that kind of, that kind of expertise were just like, it was an education. And I was really interested, and I hope other people are probably interested as well, in kind of hearing from you, if, if listening to like some of the things that Chris said, whether it, it kind of changes your perception of the achievement yeah. So, and I think actually a funny thing is like, I think it actually changed some of like my gym members perception also, because like to the people I'm around every day and, and the normal members of my gym, they're like, Oh, Adam's squatting and running again. Cool. But then I know that some of them listen to the podcast and I think it did actually open a lot of people's eyes as to what it was that I've done. And I mean, I guess me too. It's, it's something that I knew in the back of my head that I felt confident that one day I could eventually achieve but you never like relate that to an actual runner like he did and and compare those numbers and stats like he did and I guess I guess is why nobody's ever done it is because of the challenge that it is like it's tough and I think the combination of the running and the squatting like you're not going to get a little guy who's going to be able to do this um, you know, you, you're not going to get somebody who's under 200 pounds because of the squat element. Like, I just don't think that you're going to be able to. So, which I think to him and what he was impressed about was how heavy I was and I was able to run a sub five minute mile. Yeah. And I think that that really comes out in the way Chris talks about it. And uh, as a, as a, an endurance coach, he was just kind of excited by the potential that you showed and the capacity that you showed to be able to kind of deliver that level of work. Yeah, and I think he said I, I have the capacity, but not as much a technique as he would he would wish. And I mean, I've been a, an athlete all my life, and my running has just been to play sport up until CrossFit. And then even in CrossFit, a lot of times your running is to recover in a workout or <laughs> thrown in a workout, and it's just one element of the workout. So the amount that I've focused just on specifically running has actually been pretty minimal in terms of form like I've just kind of done what's worked best for me and I mean I know myself being 216 pounds that 
like I, I understand as a runner, you're supposed to hold good form and run on the ball of your foot, but I feel like you have to have the right body to be able to do that and obviously be at a much lighter weight. I think the heavier weight and people have made comments that like, oh, he's heel striking or overstepping, but like that just worked for me. But I do understand at the same time with what he was saying that if I do become a more efficient runner, which would take some work, and I hit him up, I said, hey, if there's ever a chance to work with you, I'd, lo I'd love to. Uh, but I know that I, I would have the potential to maybe shave some seconds off that. Yeah. And, and I think um, one of the things, and, and Chris talks about it as well, is it's like that you don't have to be a specialist to get good at something. And he really tries to exemplify that it can kind of help with all elements, like including running doesn't have to be at the detriment of squatting. And actually, you, you've demonstrated that you can grow in multiple areas. Yeah, correct. And, and that's what CrossFit is trying to prove. And I think... And, and I'm glad I was the a person who can prove that for for CrossFit, and mm -hmm. because nobody ever has it. And and it, and, it's, and it hasn't been that it, you know, those kind of things haven't been proven. It's just like what was what's that top level like? What's what's the extreme that we can push our body to in multiple directions while you know focusing on one thing and holding on to another? Can where, where's the balance? Yeah. So I, I think that. Again, I've just been blessed with the ability to run and some lower body strength and, you know, just from my background and it's been a lot of hard work and I've really focused on two things and it's just, it was kind of just a good challenge for me. Mm. So you mentioned it in like, you've always been into, been an athlete and into sports, but often the running is the kind of recovery and you're focused, you know, you're running from A to B, but you're really focusing on what you're doing at A and what you're doing at B or you're right. carrying something. When you were focusing on this, and I know you had like a, you know, a team around you, a running coach, like, did you ever at any point look at it and say, if I want to achieve this, I need to start breaking down the technique more or, or was it more focusing on that, that muscular stamina and, and just neural capacity? I I think it was more the capacity aspect and and in my mind like I've run fast miles before like I've actually run a 456 mile I was 16 years old and 170 pounds I also only ran four laps not 1609 but like I, I knew I had the potential to gain that capacity again so I don't th think the technique was my main focus i was definitely just building the capacity because i knew i'd been there before like i i knew that i didn't really probably have to change too much again this is all just going on in my head you talk to somebody else and they're going to argue something different probably but i knew that i had been there once before so i could get back to it um and again i didn't think my for me i didn't feel like physically like my running form was terrible like i was struggling running you know, I, I felt fast and I felt what I was doing was working for me, for my body type. So it was more just, I, you know, I got the, my running coach, Rick Burrow. Um, he, he just helped me build that capacity. Um, and again, we just didn't feel like the, the form was going to make or break me, essentially, mm -hmm. at, at, the, at the level I was trying to get to. Now, if I'm going to run a, a 430 mile, that's, that's different. I might need some, uh, some form work to shave those seconds down. And I spoke, you know, and I'm, I'm definitely nowhere near um, an average runner, never mind an elite runner, but I, I imagine that it's never easy. So it's, and it's all relative. Chris talks about kind of, well, I'm sure this wasn't the challenge, you know, it, it, you know, he had more in the tank, but irrespective of whether you're efficient or not, it's, it's never easy. And some elements of, of CrossFit and that grit, that ability to kind of keep pushing the high percentage of your VO2 max is, is in, is like, is the mental challenge. Yes. 
Yeah, and it was very mental. And I would have to argue, like, that's what I'm good at in CrossFit. When you get to the highest level skills, I tend to struggle, like, you know, handstand walking over ramps and, you know, snatching at a high level. But, like, give me the open. Give me the first three weeks of the open when there's no super heavy lift and there's no, you know, super high level gymnastics. And I'll do really, really well just because I can kind of dig in, get work done, and I just have that capacity. When things start to get a little bit more technical or we hit some max lifts or a, or a ladder like that, you know, then I start to struggle. But the same thing carried over to the run. Like, you know, honestly, that was just pure grit and how hard you wanted to work. And you talk about the mental aspect, and he did too, and he nailed it on the head where, you know, I basically made the decision. It was the start of lap three, rounding the first turn i remember having a conversation in my head like all right you're gonna do this or you're not like you know as right now you make that decision to go and you and you hit this or you don't and you fail your goal and i told myself in my head i said i ain't doing this again so i just i just hung on and <laughs> but, but it's funny like i mean it was literally a mental battle that won that mile for me mm. you know i had put in the work but I could have made the decision in my head, uh, I don't know if I got it today, but I physically could. And I, and I showed and I proved that because I did it. But again, it was, it was a one decision in my head at one point in the mile that made all the difference. Yeah. And it was a send it and hold on. It, it was. It was. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. And I think um, like you, you mentioned around that you've got like a, you, you felt like you'd got the potential to do this because you, you previously run when you were a lot lighter um chris went into the details around kind of muscle fiber recruitment and it actually like squatting kind of first would technically be easier if you look at it purely academically or not purely academically but really kind of breaking it down and now that just has settled a little bit although i'm sure you're really busy talking it over and over again with people but you mentally know you've run the sub five and you've got the the 500 pound squat in in your locker how do you view the kind of which order you do them in? I would do the same thing. And I know he argued that the squat would be, I guess the way I did it, he said was harder and that he would have squatted first and ran second. I was far more confident in my squat. And he, he obviously had less insight than I did, obviously doing it. But I was hitting the squat weekly on a Friday on tired legs on a consistent basis. I was very confident i've also been up over 500 pounds in my back squat before so it's almost like i took a little bit away from my squat to gain some in the mile and quite honestly i think that's how you have to to do it and approach it for somebody to accomplish this i don't know if you can have the mile and build your back squat up even fast enough to do it in a relatively decent time frame i mean building strength like that takes months and even years depending on how many pounds you know you have to put on but Anyways, my thought process going into it was I wanted to put 100% of my effort into the mile. Mm. To me, it felt like 101% running down that last 100-meter stretch, even though he said that the mile wasn't the challenge. To me, and it was because I just haven't been there in so long. So, you know, me, you know mentally for me, I, I thought that was the bigger challenge than the squat. I was just far more confident in the squat. So it was almost like I felt like I could afford to lose – five, 10% of my energy going into the squat. I mm. felt that if I squatted first and lost even 5% of my energy going into the mile later, I, I didn't think I would hit it. Um, also, you have to take into account 
how hot it is here. It was 95 degrees that day. So if I would have squatted first and ran at even 4 p.m., I mean, it's, it's hot. And I, I probably should have ran even earlier the mile. I ended up running around 9.30, but reason for that is every Sunday, my wife and I would go to the track with our one-year-old son. She would run with Noah, and I'd do my track workout. So that was just kind of our thing, and that was my support system. So, you know, that's, that's when I really chose to do it. So I think it was like 85 degrees when I ran. So, I mean, the, like, one, the heat actually had a factor. Um, my middle school track coach, he hit me up and he's like, yo, you know, you're losing a whole lot of energy being that heavy in this kind of heat right now. And I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> so I, I personally would have stuck with my decision of running first, squatting second, just for me personally. I think it, I think that's totally going to depend on your athlete. I think if you're a little bit better runner and more confident in your run, by all means, you do that second. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and thanks kind of for like just, sharing your your thoughts on that because i think yeah a lot of people will have heard chris's kind of take on it but and i mean chris, chris is a running expert like he is an expert in the field of running and i re i respect everything he said and all of his insight and i mean he's so well respected in the community so when he talks you're gonna listen and i'm listening too and the points he makes are absolutely valid i think just coming from the side of trying to balance the two um i think those decisions just have to be made based on how how confident you are and then that goes back to the mental side of things right so yeah and it's a it's a personal challenge like whilst it's it's laid out as kind of you know 500 pound back squat five sub five minute mile and 50 unbroken pull-ups uh which sometimes get forgotten but you know yeah i know <laughs> i looked at those and went yeah well okay <laughs> um yeah some people think they're cool and some people are like oh yeah he should be able to do that but yeah so and um is that because it is that personal challenge, people are going to be approaching that from different places. And yeah. some people, it's very rare that anyone is going to come from a completely neutral baseline where like they can't squat or they're, they're miles off the run. Um, that people are going to have different strengths and weaknesses and they need to navigate through that. And I, I think what, and we talked about it earlier and that you've demonstrated that you can navigate towards both. Admittedly, that the run was the thing that was the focus because you had that, that strength there for, for, for a long period of time but as a coach what would your like top tips be for athletes who like myself are in inspired right and think i want to incorporate more running into my into my training what would like be a few top tips you'd give people yeah so um no this is perfect because a lot of people think that i just just did these two things and i so i ran and squatted every day back and forth and one, I stuck with my normal CrossFit training. So I still did my CrossFit workouts. I still did my Metcons. I still did other lifts. I did partner workouts with Ben and the guys in the gym. So, and the reason I say that is because like, that's what prepared me for this. It was eight years of training like that, that had gotten me to a point where I was confident enough that I could do this by focusing a little bit extra on my running and my squatting. So my tip is, is if you're going to do this, it's got to be focused training and it's got to be training with intent. So I knew, and I actually attempted this two years ago. Um, I failed. I did probably too much volume. I got injured. Um, so I knew going into it this time the, I couldn't go out and run five miles, right? Like that wasn't going to help me for a mile run. That was just going to beat me down. So it was very focused. And, and I think the thing that people are going to lose and 
what I want to explain if, if people are going to try this and really whatever your goals are is, is the intensity aspect of how I trained. All right. It was training with intensity. Like when I went out, out to run, I never ran for more than 20 minutes, right? I never did more than two, maybe on the high end, three miles of hard running, but it was all purposeful running. It was all, I did a 20 minute tempo run once a week. I did a track workout once a week. And then I did road intervals once a week, but there was like, you know, the road intervals were like, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes with rest and you'd run hard for that time and then you recover. And so I did, and Chris again, nailed this on the head. I did a lot of running at or below that mile pace. But again, it wasn't much longer that sometimes my running was a mile and a half. Sometimes it was two miles, sometimes it was only a mile, and, but it was holding below mile pace. So the intensity at which I trained, trained my body to hold that sort of pace for a full mile. And then same with the thing with the back squats. I was really just kind of, kind of trying to manage it. I had to build it back up a little bit when I initial tested, I was at like 485. So I added a little bit to it, but then I just did what I needed to, to maintain the squat so I could really focus on my running. And that was, that was what I needed, you know, for myself personally, just with my strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I guess my answer to your question is intentful training, mm-hmm. not, not overtrain. Like you can definitely overtrain. And there was a point and it was actually a week before I went for my attempt. I failed a 500 pound back squat. Talk about head games and, and being a, a, you know, a head, a head basket. Like I was like, Ben, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm running too much. I lost my strength, you know, <laughs> but um, you know, it was, it was really a game of like checks and balances of not being too far in one direction and kind of stand right in the middle and being able to do both. So, and actually, um, not that I'm pitching this, but I am actually putting out the training that I did workout for workout, the running and squatting stuff in an ebook this weekend. So people have the ability to uh, check out and see exactly what I did. And I think, I think people are going to be surprised at like the volumes, not crazy. Um, but you know, it's about 20 minutes of work every day. No, no, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. And I think that, that's really, so oh, I think it's just awesome. The kind of insight there of just being intentional. I know I can be guilty of like changing goals too often and not kind of like having that, right. This is my goal. Yeah. You've got that, let that base work capacity, but then you're intentional with your folk, with your work to focus on a goal and trust the process and work through it. And, that, and that's all this was. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my kind of last question uh, was around, um, I really enjoyed it. You did an interview with a fellow UK blogger, uh, Matt Kelly Fitness, yeah. um, and you were talking about, um, you know, your target remains sanctionals in the games. And so th- that's your focus, but you're also like, you know, your father, you're a, a full-time coach um, and you're an athlete. So just to kind of round out, what would you give us like three life hacks, you know, that allow you just to kind of like balance all of those responsibilities and goals. Yeah, because it can be a lot. And I think that I'm still working on balancing that out to an extent between, you know, my family, my wife and my son managing and being a head coach at a gym and then my own training. And it's tough. It's like you almost don't have enough hours in the day. So I think one thing I can preach is just because you have a lot of things to do, right? And you're spreading a lot of different directions. It doesn't mean that your focus needs to be diminished to, co- you know, to be able to cover each one of those layers of your life, right? I think 
you can, you know, if I have an hour with my son, I put all my focus into my son for that hour. If I only have an hour to train, I put all of that focus into my hour training. And then that's kind of where that focus training and, and adding that intensity in. Um, and same thing with my wife. If I'm with my wife, you know, my focus is there. When it's my hour to coach, my, I can still give 100% effort into there. And so just because you say you have three different things doesn't mean it's 30% focus, 30% focus, 30% focus. It can still be 100% focus, 100% focus, and 100% focus if you're diligent in doing that. So um, I think that's one. Um, and I'm not old, but I am getting older in the sport. So I think, I and I touched about this as overtraining. I've actually found that with more focused training and not just doing things to do it just to get volume in, um, and like, taking some good recovery is actually very useful and beneficial. Like I've done more as far as recovery in the last 10 weeks than I ever have in my life. And that's with competing at a high level at regionals and training four times a day. But like the things that, I mean, I got, I got dry needled, <laughs> like, you know, doing stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, is, is start to take note and know your body and like know when you need to back off a little bit or know when you need to take a second off or a session off and, and just really try to be in sync with yourself so that you can, because it doesn't do you any better if you're running yourself into the ground, you can't put the intensity into your training, right? So if you smash your head into the wall on Monday with training, smash your head into the wall on Tuesday, beat yourself up on Wednesday, come Thursday, you're useless, right? And you can't do what you want to do and work towards your goals. So like, if I would ever have to take a day off like that, I feel like you're, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards, right? So, you know, we always want to try to be moving forward. And I think that's a good way to do it. You can move forward a little bit every day over an extended period of time, as opposed to trying to move forward a lot of it for three days. Oh, now we're going to go backwards because I just wrecked myself and I can't do anything. So, and then you said a third one. I don't know. What would a third life path be? Um, I don't know. I, for, for me, I think it's just finding, finding something I'm passionate about and putting my energy into that and not concerning myself too much with outside things that I don't enjoy. And I mean, I know that I'm very fortunate in the position and situation that I'm in that I love my job. It doesn't feel like a job. Um, I love the community. And um, I just encourage people to, you know, especially even just when picking their goal, like, your goals are for you, right? So don't pick a goal based on what somebody else thinks you should do, right? Pick, pick something that you're passionate about and you really want to go after. Even if people think you're crazy, because you know what? If I said that I wanted to hit this squatting mile five years ago, people would be like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, you're, like that's nuts. Nobody can do that. But um, I don't know. It's just something that I was passionate about. I really wanted to do and got it done. Oh, oh, that's that's amazing. Thanks, thanks really for kind of sharing those, like, and your broader insights. Uh, and I think also for you know putting the dedication and kind of kind of showcasing this to the community. I think everyone has really just kind of got behind it and thought this is an amazing achievement. And a lot of people can get a lot of things out of it. So you know, I think sure. I, I kind of want to thank you for that, and and thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been awesome. Uh, absolutely, I really appreciate you having me. Cheers, and and all the best with the training and. And, uh, and everything else that, that life throws at you. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it.